You're listening to episode 122 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today is another one of the special biz tip episodes that I am really enjoying and I've been getting awesome feedback about. So I'm so glad that you guys are, are excited about them. And today we're going to be talking about social media. This is certainly not the only time that I will obviously end up talking about social media. Um, this is an ongoing topic and it's something that is constantly changing as well. But I do think that I've got a handful of things today here that are going to really change the way you look at the platform and how you're engaging with it and how you're utilizing it to your advantage as well. I mean, listen, social media is just this incredible free, free tool that allows us to spread our message and to build trust and engagement at the same time. It's powerful. It is incredibly powerful, sometimes a little bit too powerful, but that is a separate, <laughs> separate issue for, for a different episode. But really, it's all about engagement and about connection. It's not just about spewing as much content as possible. And yes, of course, like quantity and consistency are still important, but quality is queen above all else when it comes to content and social media. And that has changed because I think that a few years ago, it maybe was more, um, more beneficial to come out with as much content as you possibly can. I remember hearing people talk about, you know, posting on their Instagram feed three times a day and stuff like that. You don't see that done as much anymore because the feed just isn't getting as much attention as it once did. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more. There's also an upcoming episode that I have coming up on creating content along with repurposing content so that you're not constantly feeling like you're stuck on the content creation hamster wheel as well. So we're definitely going to cover that because that's such a big issue for so many of us. And we can just end up feeling like we're, we're stuck in that cycle and can't break free of it. So definitely going to address that. But overall, in terms of social media, we are, we've entered an age where people can smell bullshit more than ever before. And if you are showing up inauthentically, or if you're trying to sell something that you don't even believe in, people are going to be able to sense that energy about you and about whatever it is that you're trying to push on them. So you have to be fully in your integrity in social media if you want it to work for you, because there are lots of accounts out there that might have all the, all the likes, all the followers, all the numbers, all of those things. But I've even heard of accounts where there were 2 million followers and the person behind the account couldn't sell 30 t-shirts. That's a serious trust problem. And I mentioned trust in the last uh, business episode as well about podcasting and how podcasting is so great for building trust. But you, you are asking people to put their trust in you, even just on social media for a like or a follow or whatever. You're asking people to trust you. 
And if you don't even believe in what you're talking about or you don't believe in what you are selling people or the solution to whatever problem you're trying to solve for somebody, it's not going to work. It might work for a little while. You might fool people for a bit, but overall in the end, it's not going to work for you. It is not going to happen. The other thing is too, is that if you constantly show up thinking of social media as a chore and a pain in the ass, that energy will also show up right along with you. If you're like, oh fuck, I have to post on Instagram again. Like you're, you're dragging that energy into the entire act of posting and people will be able to sense that. I think it's really important here that we talk about the algorithm that we all love to hate on. <laughs> Before you start complaining about the algorithm, has it occurred to you that your content just sucks? Truly, think about this. That, that's a slap in the face right there. But really, you need to think about that more closely. One of my coaches, Tyler McCall, is amazing, just amazing at calling this out. And I've had to catch myself in this before too. Because typically the content that does really well is the content that really resonates with people. People connect with it. People trust it. People, people are, are really, it's hitting them on a deep level. And I'm not saying that everything you post has to be like deep and meaningful. We're, we're going to get into that more in, in, uh, in an episode about vulnerability coming up as well. But it just means that it's actually, the algorithm is an incredible tool to use to your advantage to figure out what is reaching people and what isn't and what is really resonating the most. What is resonating the most with people? The algorithm is your friend. It's there to help you. It wants to promote as much engagement as possible and keep people on the platform for longer. So if you have great content, the Instagram or Facebook or whatever is going to want to push that as much as possible because they want the engagement. They want to suck people into that. If your content sucks, you're probably not going to get the engagement. And that's just logical, right? But instead, we like to shift the blame to the algorithm. <laughs> When instead, maybe we need to be looking at what we are doing, what we are putting out into the world and take a closer look at re-examining that and if we maybe need to be redeveloping our messaging a little bit as well. So start creating shit people actually want to engage with or to read, to appreciate something that touches them or their life in some small way. Again, I don't mean that it has to be super deep you know, crazy vulnerable things. Not everything has to be super vulnerable and life-changing. Trust me. I have an upcoming, this upcoming episode that I'm doing on vulnerability. Um, it's, I'm kind of getting into how vulnerability is starting to be used as a commodity and it's a very fine line. And yet recently I posted about getting called out <laughs> on my Canadianized pronunciation of the word process versus the apparently uh, Americanized version process. Anyway, that's another whole thing, but it had an absolute flood of engagements. My DMs were on fire. People were voting on the poll I posted in my stories. People were talking about it and tagging me in their own stories. And I just thought it was something funny. Somebody reached out to me and said, you know, you say process weird. Like maybe you say it weird. <laughs> I'm going to take it to the people. So we started talking about it on Instagram and it created a ton of engagement. There was nothing vulnerable about that. It was just something fun. It was making me laugh. 
<laughs> and this is the thing, like you can post little things that make you laugh. If they make you laugh, they're probably going to make someone else laugh too. And bringing a smile to someone's face is not only half the fun, but the bonus of that is that it also happens to be great for engagement. It's not why I do it. I, I just genuinely enjoy talking about the things that make me laugh, but it happens to be a side benefit. And it also connects you to people in a different way. It connects you to them, not as an expert in whatever it is that you're trying to sell or promote, but it connects you to them as a friend and as somebody relatable. And that's important because that's another huge part of the trust building process. And yes, I said process again. <laughs> but creating a combination of, of different types of posts that make you relatable and little facts about you plus establishing yourself as an expert, it's going to be that combination of things that's going to make a really well-rounded approach to not only to your social media, but just for connection purposes in general. People need to be able to meet you in real life and say, oh my God, you're exactly as you are online. That's like the biggest compliment that I ever get. Or I love because I obviously use podcasting when not everybody does. People tend to hear my voice a lot more. So a lot of times I'll jump on the phone with people and the first thing they'll say is they're like, oh my God, you sound exactly the same. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's still me. It's still my voice. <laughs> so that just goes to show you though, how powerful it is that people are, people are listening. People are paying attention. They're watching what you're doing and that is going to connect you to them. And circling back to the authenticity factor, if people then meet you in real life and they think that you're somebody totally different than you are on, on social media, First of all, they're not going to necessarily tell you. Um, that would be ideal for great feedback, but they're not going to necessarily tell you that. But you need to be very cognizant of that because that means that there's a disconnect between you and your messaging that you might not even realize that you're showing up in a totally different way online than you do in person. And I know several people like this. There have been a handful of people that I maybe didn't really like as much or, or at least connect with in any way when I only knew them online. I met them in person. I'm like, oh my God, this person is amazing. If they showed up like this online, they'd be huge. Like everyone would want to work with them. Everyone would want to hang out with them because they're the coolest. But if there's a huge disconnect there and people can't see that, it makes it really tough. When people say that, that they think that I'm exactly the same in real life as I show up online, I know I'm doing my job. Although often my height still catches people off guard, <laughs> even though I regularly think, I, I think I do, I think I regularly talk about how I'm an awkward six foot giraffe. Uh, <laughs> people usually are still caught off guard by, by the height. But overall, personality wise, people usually tell me that I am as I show up online. And, and that's good because that's exactly what I strive to be. I don't want to pretend to be someone else online. That would be exhausting. It, sometimes it's just exhausting getting through the day as me. If I try to show up as somebody else online, that would be even more stressful, I can tell you. <laughs> and that should, this should make your job easy. This is good news. Showing up as yourself should feel like it happens with ease. It's posing as something that you're not that is totally exhausting. However, this can take a little bit more practice, though, if you aren't as comfortable in your own skin, especially if you aren't as comfortable, you know, on video or talking or anything like that. And that's okay. Then maybe you just mostly do some writing for a while. You know, write some posts that, that really sound true to your voice and not written like you're trying to write a university level essay, written as though they are, as though it's in your spoken voice. If you are going to say what you are about to type out on an Instagram post, if you're going to say that to a friend in real life, 
try and speak directly through that voice, through your unique voice and how you would verbalize it if you were saying it out loud. Because that's going to really help to train you to figure out what your voice is, to find your voice. This is why I say fuck a lot, because I say fuck in real life. (laughs) If I'm writing like a university level, you know, essay or something, I'm probably not going to drop the F-bomb in there. But when I'm just speaking normally, like friend to friend, person to person, whatever, yeah, I say the word fuck. So it does come out sometimes in my writing, because that's just how I talk. But that took practice. I didn't used to write that way. For various reasons, like one, I was just kind of nervous about using that word. And then I, in my writing, I mean, and not in real life, but in my writing. And then I realized, you know what, if the people that want to work with me aren't cool with me dropping the F-bomb, they're probably not my people anyway. So that was a really big lesson. And that, yeah, it is going to repel some people. And that's fine because they're probably not my people anyway. So really learning how to tap into your own voice. That's a really great practice to start using. In terms of Instagram specifically. I've got kind of like the most to say about Instagram because it is sort of still very much like the hottest platform right now. Uh, Even when I talk to podcast guests or something like that, when I always ask them where where to find them, the first thing people always says is just reach out to me on Instagram (laughs) because we're we're all in the DMs, we're all hanging out, we're all watching stories, all this stuff. So speaking of stories, on Instagram, stories are the most important. Stories over feed. If you have to pick one or the other and you don't have time to do content for both, do stories. Stories are going to serve you better. People are watching stories like crazy. They are on fire. People love the real life gritty aspect of it as well, that you are showing your everyday life, not just some glossy photo on on Instagram that looks perfect, you know, perfectly laid out in the grid on your Instagram feed. People are tired of that shit. And that's great. Like it's still important to have really beautiful visuals, of course, because Instagram is a very visual platform. But that isn't to say that it's more important than the stories. Video content, as much as I push podcasting, and I I am still very much of the belief that podcasting is, is where it's at, podcasting is totally separate from something related to social media. And when it comes to social media, these types of little everyday gritty stories, this is what people are most interested in. And when you're trying to think about what to post, think about what you like seeing the most on other people's stories. And I know that when I think about that, I love seeing like little snippets of people's day and, you know, something funny that happened to them that they're sharing that, you know, has nothing to do necessarily with their business, but it's just hilarious. Like stupid little things like that. We like, I love watching that stuff. And I can tell when, because when I post that stuff about my own life, like the pronunciation of the word process, people were going crazy over it. And it was just something hilarious that happened in my day. So make sure that you are, if you have to choose one or the other, choose stories. If you only have time for one or the other, and it doesn't mean that you have to do dozens of stories every day, it's actually better to only do maybe like eight or 10. I I have a a bit of a rule that I also learned from Tyler McCall, and this is just my personal preference anyway, is if you have dots at the top of your stories, you have too many stories. Those dots should be lines. They should still look like lines. And I know that if I go to anyone's stories and it's dots at the top, I don't even bother watching any of them because that's like a time commitment that I'm like, no, I I cannot get through that many of your stories. It's just too much for me. And I'll just go on to the next. So that's something to be really aware of as well. IGTV. 
IGTV is a fantastic tool to implement, especially now that you can add IGTV videos straight to your feed, which was never possible before. And I actually plan on utilizing this more myself as well. I've recently been talking to people and asking for some uh, input on whether they would like me to do more IGTVs and people have been saying yes and, and been super responsive about it. So I'm definitely going to be doing more of those as well. And just like most social media platforms, Instagram loves that organic content and tends to push it into the feed more. As opposed to you posting a video that you took elsewhere, edited elsewhere, all of those things, and then just post it straight to your feed, if you do it via IGTV, then Instagram is more likely to post that and to push it through the algorithm because it loves that, that uh, content that is organic to its own platform. So that's really important as well. The other thing is to post, when you do post to your feed or something like that, post when you have time to stay online and engage for a few minutes, both in the DMs and or comments under your post, because that's also going to help to increase engagement as well. And always respond to every comment. That's super important. You know, it, you might get to a certain level at some point where you need to hire help for that, I guess. But it, I know people who have an awful lot of followers who still post uh, comments for every single comment themselves. So that's super important as well. And that is going to really help you to connect with people. I had a coach who would say, and this, this I think will stick with me for the rest of my life, be interested to be interesting. So if you're looking to connect with people on social media, rather than just always saying like, thank you, if you know if somebody says something complimentary or whatever, and that's important, that's great. But ask them a question. You know, if they comment, you know, comment something back that requires them to answer a question. That is how, how engagement is going to be built. Learn about them. Be interested in them. They're showing up for you. You need to show up for them as well. Something that I feel like cannot go undiscussed here is bots. <laughs> we need to talk about bots. <laughs> Please say no to bots. There are so many services out there that are trying to push bots. Not only that, you would be blown away at the number of accounts that use bots. Absolutely blown away. When you see these huge numbers and followings and stuff like that, some of them totally organic and real. A surprising number are not. And let me tell you, it is not about the numbers. Kevin Kelly has always talked about a thousand true fans and that that's all you need to build like a really incredible business. And a thousand true fans, that is built through connection. That isn't built through, you know, tens of millions of followers and stuff like that because those, those bots that you're having follow you, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's just going to inflate the numbers, but it doesn't, it doesn't help you sell anymore. They're not real leads. They aren't going to actually benefit your business. So what, what is the point? Who are you trying to impress? Yeah, I get it that, that it looks great to have lots of Instagram followers, but if that isn't going to actually translate into real business and true authentic connection for you, I don't personally don't see the benefit at all. There is no point to that whatsoever. I've had multiple accounts reach out to me via in my email via bots and they don't even bother to hide how obvious it is that it's not a real person sending the emails. So I'm actually adding to my Instagram story highlights, <laughs> a response that I wrote <laughs> to one of those bots 
And it got a pretty major response from the people who checked it out on Instagram because normally I don't ever justify those with, uh, with a, a written response in return, but this one I did. And I called it out as being a spammer. Uh, it, was, it was a whole big thing. But these, these bots, they do not provide you with real business. They don't. There's no benefit to it. And it's all a bunch of bullshit. If you're trying to show up to truly connect with people and, and in a really genuine way, bots are not the way to do it, my friend. I can tell you that much. It immediately leaves a, a sour taste in my mouth if I find out that an account I follow uses bots. I, I am immediately, they could have the best business in the world. They could have the best solutions in the world for me to purchase, you know, great advice, all of those things. If I find out that they use bots, I've lost respect, totally lost respect for them because it's not how you build a business. You're cutting corners and in a way that ultimately doesn't even benefit you because when Instagram finds out and they will about your account using bots, it ends up working against you. And that algorithm then comes into play. And then the algorithm is going to work against you as well because the algorithm wants real, true, genuine connection. They don't want the bot connection. That doesn't benefit the Instagram platform in any real way because it's all fake. So please do not use bots. I cannot stress that enough. Please do not use bots. If you think that your content isn't growing fast enough, take a closer look at things like purpose and impact and start there instead. Because when you start refocusing your why, that is when you start to grow a business. I'm going to switch gears quickly into Facebook. I'm actually going to be, for, for anyone who's been following this podcast for a while, you might have remembered that I had a Facebook group going for a while for this podcast. Um, there's a bit of a long story attached to this. <laughs> uh, Facebook had all kinds of glitches with that particular group. And apparently this isn't uncommon. I've, I did a bunch of research and there are other people who've had the same issue. I haven't been able to accept new people coming into the group for several months um, there's been issues with me setting up admin things within the group. It's just been a nightmare. So if you have requested to add yourself to that group and I haven't approved you, it's not personal. <laughs> I'm actually shutting down that group and I will be announcing a brand new one that is going to have a totally different feel, totally different vibe. And I'm, I'm really excited about that one actually, but this particular group has had a ton of technical glitches. I don't, I don't understand what the reasoning is, but I wanted to give you some insight into behind the scenes of, of what I'm up to and why. And something that I've learned about Facebook groups, because this is often a really big topic as well. I went to a business conference recently and they were talking a lot about a huge discussion around Facebook groups for building community. And that's typically what the reason that we give. It was the reason that I thought of for, for building a Facebook group as well. But what, from a business standpoint, what is really being discussed more is that if you are going to put the time and energy into a Facebook group, and it's a lot, it's very involved to have a Facebook group, you want to be moving people towards a paid product. And again, I know that for some people that feels icky, it's like sales or, you know, all these like negative feelings that we sometimes have about sales, but really you're doing a disservice by not offering these people who are coming to you something that could be life-changing and help them to solve the biggest problem that they're having right now. It would be a disservice to deny them that. And at the end of the day, you are a business and you're probably already putting out all kinds of free content. And this Facebook group is still going to be free and have free content, but you are also simultaneously then going to be letting people know about things that you are offering them that can help them 
And that's really important because truly that's where the real community is built. And the transformation, my friends, is in the transaction. That's a quote from one of my other coaches, James Wedmore, because I I just believe in this so much. and, And I've talked about this on the podcast before that when you put money on the line, it changes the game. It changes your level of commitment. It makes you sit up and take notice. And it's, it's an energy that changes things for both parties, both the person being paid and the person doing the paying. And both parties are suddenly in a much more committed relationship to each other, or they should be. And usually that is how it, how it plays out, that then they're much more committed to each other. So that's something to consider. If, if you're on the fence about starting a Facebook group, I would urge you to look at some of the bigger whys behind your Facebook group and how you want it to look and what your eventual goal is. Like really ask yourself truly and honestly what your goal is with a Facebook group. I think that's really important. And if you are nervous about things like posting much of anything on on Facebook at all, not just Facebook groups, but Facebook in general, especially things like video, Facebook lives are a great way to get comfortable in live video. You can start setting up a weekly live. Um, There's really no better way to get comfortable with it. A couple of years ago, I did 31 days in a row (laughs) of live video, live Facebook videos. And honestly, live video hasn't really bothered me since then. But I used to sweat through my shirts every time I did a Facebook live. And nobody could really tell. And then when I finally would would tell people that, they're like, really? You look so calm. I'm like, yeah, I had to change my shirt afterwards. So it's just like anything else. It's a practice. If you are uncomfortable with it, you probably need to practice it more to get better at it. No one was born being fantastic on live video. I mean, maybe some rare individual, but it's not common. Most of us, like anything else, it's a practice. We have to practice it to improve on it. In terms of other social platforms, there's also the usual, you know, like there's Twitter, there's Pinterest, there's LinkedIn, there's YouTube. Many of these places are often underutilized, uh, especially LinkedIn. So I'm still in the process of learning a lot more about LinkedIn myself, but LinkedIn has groups that are similar to Facebook groups, actually, which is super cool. It now has live video capabilities that are super exciting. It is utilizing hashtags. There's all kinds of things about LinkedIn that I didn't know a year ago, and I know a lot of people who have picked up a ton of business from LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is very much an underutilized uh, resource, and it's definitely not just for people job searching. There's a lot going on with LinkedIn, and I would really recommend that you take a closer look at it. If you guys want to learn more about this, I'll end up bringing on an expert to talk to you a little bit more about LinkedIn, uh, who's more well-versed in it than I am. But there is a ton of power in LinkedIn, and if you aren't on it, I would definitely recommend uh, looking into it a little bit more. Um, In terms of Pinterest and YouTube, I want to point out that both Pinterest and YouTube are search engines. And they're totally different beasts from other forms of social media. So Pinterest in particular is a great way to drive traffic to your own site. And what you can do is just come up with a couple simple graphics like templates and stuff for each of your blog posts or your podcast episodes or anything like that, and then repin them. And typically you want to be pinning about 80% of other people's stuff and 20% about your own. Again, if you guys want to learn more about Pinterest, let me know. And I am more than happy to bring on a Pinterest expert that could, uh, that could really dig into this even more than, than I can. Um, live video again, I'm, I'm circling back to live video. Live video is important. Again, I talk about podcasting and I love podcasting to death. Live video is still important. Um, video in general is still important, but if you're somebody who actually just absolutely hates it, 
you don't want to practice it, you don't want to have anything to do with it, then show up however you're most comfortable. Show up however you're most comfortable and then you can always build upon that later as well. You know, maybe you end up doing video later on once you're more comfortable in your voice with what you're working on right now, but it can still be a really powerful way to connect with people. And if live video isn't working for you, you can always do like a filmed video and then edit it and then it's fine. And that can also be a really great practice. I just want to encourage you to step a little bit outside of your comfort zone. So if you are, are stuck in a rut in terms of what you're working on right now, and you've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's not really working for you. Try something new, pivot, pivot, it, pivoting is the best thing that you can do in business. The ability to pivot can make or break an entrepreneur. So it, the more that you can learn to pivot, the better. And that is going to serve you so well in, in life and in business, being able to pivot. Thing is with social media, all forms of social media, you also need to know where your people are hanging out. So at the moment, most of my people are on Instagram, but that doesn't mean it's not a good idea to still show up in multiple places. Despite everything that I, all of the different platforms I've listed here though, don't burn yourself out trying to be everywhere all at once either. Pick one or two places to focus on and stick with that at least for now. Because if you're trying to be everything to everyone and in all the places, you're gonna have a really tough time doing any of the platforms well. So stick with one or two, you know, really double down on that and you're going to see some, some really great results from it. Other things that you can do here, there are tools like SmarterQ and Tailwind. Uh, there's multiple others as well that are available, but both of those tools, you can end up scheduling out social media posts so that you're not constantly posting in real time and taking up a massive amount of your time. Um, one thing to be aware of with that though, is that you don't want to only ever do scheduled posts because a lot of places like, uh, again, like Instagram and Facebook, they tend to prefer when you do live posting. So if you're looking to just kind of, you know, bulk up your content and make sure that you're posting at certain times and, and whatever, then these tools are fantastic and they can help you kind of organize your weeks as well. Um, but you still want to be posting live content, you know, in real time occasionally as well. So, you know, directly from your phone, you're hitting uh, publish on an Instagram post or Facebook post or something like that. And those platforms are a little bit more likely to push them up into the feed when they're live, because again, because they're looking for engagement. If you are, this is again, an example of the algorithm working for us, because as much as it's convenient to schedule a post, and I do still recommend doing that, um, at least to some degree, because it's going to really help you to focus on the things that you need to focus on in your business and free up a little bit of time there. It's, because those platforms are looking for engagement, it just makes sense that if you're posting something live, you're probably going to stick around to answer comments or to address issues that come up or something like that. Whereas when the platform knows that you're posting a scheduled post, it knows that you aren't around to do any of that engagement or it's assuming that you aren't anyway. So just be aware of that. Um, but I, yeah, I do have a coupon code for SmarterQ that I will make sure to post in the show notes for you. And just doing a mix of scheduled content with live content is a really, really great idea. In terms of batching content, I am going to be talking more about that. I know I, I already uh, mentioned that earlier as well. We're going to be talking a little bit about repurposing content um, and how you can just sort of reduce your stress 
uh, to that de to that degree when it comes to all that stuff. But I hope that this has just given you a, a brief overview on social media. There are so many more things that we can dig into on this and that we will be digging into in a much deeper way. But I just felt like I wanted to at least address social media kind of off the top to give you a little bit of insight as to how I use it in my own business and some things that will maybe benefit you and, and change how you look at social media a little bit. So I hope that this has been helpful. Let me know how you're enjoying these biz episodes. Um, I'd love to get some feedback and to hear any ideas, suggestions of things that you want to hear more of. So you can email me over at info at emilygoffcoaching.com or shoot me a DM over at emilygoffcoach and we can connect and chat over there uh, in the DMs that I love I love so much. So <laughs> slide into those DMs and we'll have a little talk. Um, anyway, I hope that this has been awesome and don't forget there are new episodes every Tuesday, Thursday, and all of these biz episodes are centered on Saturdays. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you.